how did I recognize that I was in depression? Because at that point, I was ready to give everything up. Welcome to the Passion Behind the Art Show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Pinna. Now, I have a bunch of new stuff that I'm planning to do, planning to do a bunch of giveaways. Like, I just want to... I really did a few giveaways leading up to Creative Self, and I really enjoy just giving away stuff. So go to um, passionbehindtheart.com to sign up, and I'm going to be doing exclusive shows and giveaways and discounts and just doing, just giving back to you awesome people that have been listening to this podcast. So let's jump into this week's episode another awesome individual well i'm excited to have heba on the passion by the art show um she's a great designer mostly focused in ui ux and user experience heba welcome thank you for having me daryl so nice to be on your show i've been listening to it non-stop for the last week for sure um it was lovely to get to um get introduced to your podcast at creative south and i'm so happy to be here awesome awesome um, i mean it's always surreal when i hear people i know i mean the stats tell me people are listening to it but it's always surreal when a real person comes up to me and says, oh, I listen to your podcast and they like it, which it means a lot, trust me. Just for doing this because you're just behind something all the time and you don't know, it's kind of hard sometimes to get feedback on a podcast. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of design podcasts, but some of them don't speak to the soul and yours does. I, I, I will have to uh, quote that at some point. <laughs> all right so let's jump it's about you let's jump in it how did your journey in design start all right so i have always been a creative person um growing up i've been interested in drawing i've been inter- interested in fashion i've been interested um in hand lettering except i didn't know it was called hand lettering and my first ever experience uh, in design was when I started lettering people's names like my classmates names and um, it got to a point where everybody like they would pay me to letter their name and then you know laminate it and then they would take it home put it like on the door of their room and I was like oh my god this is awesome like people like what I'm doing but I don't know what this is called right so I did it for a while and then um, I finished high school and I had told my parents I wanted to do whatever the person that build like designs the billboards do. And I was like, you know, what is that called? And my dad did some digging. <laughs> you know, we're talking about 2005 at this point. Um, dad did some digging and he was like, okay, it looks like this is called graphic design. And then when he went and did a little bit more research, uh, um, uh, at the colleges um, in Jordan, um, he, they told him the, this is a curriculum, and it was mostly, you know, um, screen printing and block printing, and it, it was just very traditional graphic design. So it, it was more artistic. And dad, you know, being a Middle Eastern 
parent, he wanted me to get more into like the engineering, maybe medical or lawyer or field, but mostly the engineering field because he was an architect himself. And um, obviously he felt like, okay, if you're going to go to college, you're going to be spending all that money, might as well get a, an education, right? <laughs> not that art is not an education, but he felt like, you know, something substantial that will make us proud. And, um, <laughs> um, and but he didn't say it that way. He was very clever. He approached me in a way where, you know, he knew he would be able to convince me. And he said, um, babe, if you want to study design why don't you study the mother of all design which is architecture and then from there you can branch off and do whatever you want right and I was like you know what that's a great idea so I got into architecture school and I did that for about five years um you know between Jordan and the United States and um I don't know, the life came and, you know, life happened and uh, basically the housing market crashed, um, other personal, you know, things we can delve into if you want to, um, occurred where I had to kind of reevaluate my life and reevaluate the path that I wanted to take. And then that got me into, um, graphic design here in the U.S. And thank God it did, because um, if it wasn't for that path, like I wouldn't be where I am now. So I did, um, I studied graphic design at the University of Central Florida and I graduated, um, but then I was a self-taught user experience designer and got into that field right away, which was really good. So now that I'm in that field and I saw, you know, I kind of carved my path into that field, I want to help others carve their path into that field as well nice all right so there's like so much to dive into right there because like first of all you talked on you touched on architecture and i went to school for architecture too that's what i started what? And there, there's like this thing about for architecture and graphic design i don't know what it is i don't know if it's like you start into architecture you're so used to drawing lines that you learned that you could do more than draw lines that is just like this this phenomenal moment oh my gosh this is amazing <laughs> i want to switch my yeah well um it, it's funny because you're not the first architect that i've spoken to like there's so many people that yes. start off in architecture yes. but you know architecture in the united states is not the same as architecture in the middle east i feel like getting into the field here first of all you get into the field that's not as creative as you would like it to be you know and then if you did get into like an agency that was uh, a little more on the conceptual end it's so hard you know to get your thoughts and ideas out and then get them implemented um while as back in in jordan or you know that's based off my experience i don't know about other other people's experience you know you if you get a house as a project you get to play around with it and and there are no rules except right. like the amount of space that you have on the land and then you can do whatever you want right so there's more creative creativity there and i feel like if i would have continued down the path of architecture here it wouldn't have been the same you know what i mean yeah i think once i realized that i was more intrigued about the does the design focus classes versus the math and the I had like a structural beam design um, structural beam <laughs> class and I'm telling you that the, the exams in college were like open book and you would still fail <laughs> I know oh my god horrible yeah 
man. But I followed it. I actually, I actually got a job in at an engineering firm and everything. But you know, eventually, I just. So you like, got your master's? Did you get your master's in it? No. Well, the school that I went to, they actually. I'm not a. I didn't get. I'm not an architect. I mean, I just know the field. I didn't finish it all the way. So the school I went to, after okay. a certain meter cre- amount of credits, they find you a job in the field. That's which, awesome. Which I was wish. like a game changer. Like you didn't have to do any work. Like after a certain amount of credits, you give them your resume and they do the work. And someone always. Wow. Yeah. That's a good school. You you need to give it a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called um what is it called you. Took it right. It's called IDC. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it, it's like a um. It's a very technical base. It's IDC's um, Institute of Design and Construction. So yeah, I mean it's in nice. it's in Brooklyn when I used to live in New York. But also, what intrigued me was the Middle Eastern, because um, when I was in New York, funny say it's connected to the same story. I the the job the first the second job that I got hired at because of the school I worked for an Indian. And um, he changed my perspective on everything. And I love this dude with all my heart. His name is Kumar Mishra. And because of him, I now love Indian food. Wow. <laughs> He's an amazing guy. So, like, um, tell me a little bit about, if as much as you can share about this, um, being from the Middle East, growing up in the Middle East, and the comparison between it and the America. Yeah, so um, let me just give you a little bit more about myself. I am um, a, a Palestinian heritage. I grew up in Jordan, um, but I was born in New York, and my dad's side of family are all in New York. Hmm. So I am multicultural, and that's that's where the By Design project came about. It's just the fact that I am multicultural. I don't really belong in one place. I belong in all places, right? Nice. Um, so... Because of that, um, it's been, like, really hard um, kind of figuring out what my identity was. But um, I close relate to my Palestinian side because that's what, you know, is engraved in me and my soul and my family and all of that. And um, if you're familiar with Palestine, Palestine is a small country between um, Jordan and uh, Egypt. And um, then you have, I forget which sea, one of the seas. Um, and basically when it got occupied in 1948 and then 67, um, my family had to f- flee to Jordan mm. and then we grew up there. My dad's side family, they had to flee to Jordan and um, we lived there. So we're, we were refugees in Jordan. Wow. And eventually we got the citizenships. And my dad's dad was able to get a uh, green card because he was in the military to move to the States. And um, my, you know, he took his family eventually. My dad was already, you know, he was one of the oldest uh, kids. So he, he was already in college. He went to college in Egypt, then came back, got married to my mom we, and found a job in Jordan um, as a, a city planner. So um, it didn't make sense for him to come to the States and then start all over, you know, get his, like, architectural license and everything. So um, out of all of my uncles, we were the only ones that lived in Jordan. And so I grew up there, but I grew up um, as a village girl who's living in the city. (laughs) And every time I'd go visit family in Palestine, you know, I'd be the city girl who's in the village. 
and um, you know my dad sent me multiple times to live with my uncles for a while um, so I could learn the language and that's where my English comes to play um, yes yeah so that's basically a little bit about me but as for how is it different um, Jordan is still a third world com country in my opinion um, I not technology based because they they have access to all you know internet obviously and mm -hmm. all the good stuff the social medias and everything right um, but I think when it comes to the mindset mm -hmm. it's still behind a few decades but it is on its way on the rise and um, I lived in Amman which is the capital Amman for Arabs um, and um, that is the most diverse uh, city that I've ever been in. Wow. Uh, I went to an international school and everybody in my class was half something from around the world. Wow. Greek, Dutch, Russian, whatever it is, um, they were all there. So, um, I, I lived in a very multicultural, um, environment for about four years which was the best four years of my life obviously like not of my life but during that time of my life in Jordan <laughs> um and then I met my husband and we got married he was um he's of Palestinian origin as well but he grew up in uh in the states in Florida so um we moved here and I've been here ever since okay so you're not that far away okay cool because <clears throat> I'm here in Georgia no all right, so... Oh, okay. Well, no, no, no. Now I'm in San Diego. <laughs> oh, you're in California now. Yeah, I'm in California now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But we lived in Florida for about, like, eight years. And so now you, I've been here for three. I thought I thought it was the... the that, yeah, I was trolling real bad. So I thought you moved <laughs> from California to Florida, but you moved from Florida to California. Yeah, we've been in California for about three years now. Okay. All right, got it, got it. I love that you've been trolling. You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean? I want to at least have some idea because, um, you know, it, it, it was cool to kind of have you reach out. So I, at least I got to learn something. Yeah, I'm glad. All right, so, all right, so you're on this journey. You're now in California. You are, you've taught yourself um, UX, UI design, and you are building this quote-unquote empire that you're trying to build um what would you say was the hardest struggle you had to overcome yeah so this is a great question because um i've had multiple struggles but i think yeah i think the most the the most how am i going to say this uh the thing that I had to learn over the years that I did not pay attention to, and I think it was a struggle because it was such a blocker in my mind, is that I was working all, all my life to be successful in my career, that I took everything in my personal life for granted, right? Mm. So I didn't, I felt like, you know, in order for me to be successful, I need to be successful in my career, you know? Right. So no matter no matter what I did in my personal life, that didn't feel like success, right? Because everybody around me, you know, going back to like high school and getting into college and then having to, you know, switch um, 
um, fields, you know, from architecture to graphic design, having start all over. It took me about 10 years to get my degree, right? So uh, within that 10 years, I felt like a failure because I have not, it took me 10 years to accomplish something. Whereas my friends and the people that I grew up with, they have already done their bachelor's or master's, some are doing their doctorates, they, some have been having amazing careers and all of that. And I'm looking at myself like, what, what do I have um, to say for myself? Oh, I'm just married with a child. You know, that's how I looked at life, right? And one day, <laughs> it took a long time for me to be like, oh my God, like, what are you talking about? You have an amazing, like, personal life that a lot of the people that have, you know, that are fully accomplished in their career don't have, right? right? So now, now that I, that I graduated and it kind of like, I woke up, it's so weird. I it, like I had to like go through the struggle in order for me to realize like yeah now that I've you know graduated and I've gotten my degree and I accomplished the thing that I needed to accomplish it took me that long to realize like holy crap my family is my biggest accomplishment right now I have two kids I have you know I've been married for almost eleven years you know I've got to live in multiple states and um, I've been working. Um, for the longest time now. So um, that was a big struggle of mine um, that I needed to kind of um, really take a look at. And it was really hard because no matter how many times people told me, what are you talking about? You're so successful. You have a family. You have To me, like it didn't make sense. That did, that did not sound like success in my head. So I think it's... Um, for somebody out there who you know is trying to accomplish something in their career and they are doing great in their family or their personal life like take that into consideration that is a huge accomplishment that a lot of people can't have uh, do you, I have a question do you think that that's something that weighs harder on women than men No, I okay. honestly don't know because like I'm not in, in the mind of a man, but I know it weighs heavy on me being a Middle Eastern woman mm. because I grew up in a family that um, like my dad and my mom, they always um, encouraged us to pursue education, right? Pursue education, pursue a career, but at the same time, the culture is all about you getting married and having kids, right? So I lived in an environment that that kind of defied the culture and then I and then I got married as per the culture, you know. Mm -hmm. Like that was like it it just happened to be like I got married at that age but like my family didn't force me or anything like they actually like asked me and I was the one that went to them and I was like I want to get married I found my partner, right? And but because like, you know, I got married at a young age I had something to prove. Like I didn't want to be the the middle typical Middle Eastern woman or, you know, Palestinian village girl who, you know, got married, had kids and forgot about her dreams and the things that she wants to accomplish, right? So for, for me, it weighed really heavily on my heart the fact that I, you know, that it took me forever to get my degree and start a career and so on and so forth. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Um, it's just because uh, you're not the first person I heard say something like that. Like, you know, they're just 
kind of forget that because I've just always that I've always said this from for me personally from from day one it was like my greatest accomplishment is my wife and kids like that's that's why I do everything you know what I mean like I literally have since I've gotten married like I literally have no other reason for doing anything yeah I mean yeah you get little likes here and there and you get a little recognition here and there but that's why I do everything so when I hear did and you I, get I, married young I guess Sorry. I've been married for 11 years this year will be 11 oh, years me too. yes this year in August 2007 we'll, yep that's the year boy nice nice july 9th is my wedding anniversary july okay um august 18th nice yes yeah so like what how old were you if you don't mind me asking um when you got married i was i want to say 23 yes okay yeah i turned 20 the year that i got married Mm -hmm. and um for me like that's for me, that's young. For my culture, that's like average. That's normal. But because, you know, I had, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't, I was so young. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't understand the the value of a marriage and a family and all that. I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> but uh, well, I, mean, I had to but grow it's, into it, that. It's, it's okay. Because, you know, what I've learned is just like, especially doing this, it's like, there's so much different intricacies to everyone's journey it's like so much different Mm -hmm. things and all of it is based on culture most of it is based on like your surroundings Mm -hmm. and the the atmosphere you kind of build because like me i wasn't born in the states so some of the stuff you're you're talking about i understand because it's a different mindset when you're not born in america and you come to america you know i mean i know you were born here but like because you've spent so much time outside of America, you kind of, it's a, it's just different. You know what I mean? Your whole, especially when it comes to education, it's different. Like, that's like, outside of the U.S., that's like the way out. No, absolutely. I totally understand. And um, that's that was one of the luxuries that I had, you know, that I had my American passport. It was like a golden ticket, you know. I'd never had to experience um having you know to get visas or trying to get my foot in the door somewhere here and you know a lot of people struggle because they feel like in order for them to have a better opportunity or a a better chance at life they need to come to the u.s um that's that's true to to a certain degree right so it just it feels like you have to you kind of have to make your opportunities you know not wait for them to happen or try to right 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 but definitely. That's the truth, though, because you don't, you don't really realize that until after the fact that, listen, you can actually can make a ton of opportunity outside of the U.S. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, oh my, yeah, now with the Internet, you can be anywhere. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's talk about the people that Heba sub- surrounds herself with, the, her support system. Who are Who would you say those people are? So the most supportive person in my life that's put up the most <laughs> is my husband. Um, obviously, my parents—they're—they're—they've been great supporters of mine. But my husband has gone through hell and back with me because of that mindset that I had. You know, my mind was all about like, is me, 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 accomplish, 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 career, career, career. 
you know, I love you guys, but like, I love my work more. And then, mm. like, um, oh man. Okay, so I'm gonna get into something a little bit more personal. But when I didn't get into architecture school, I um, lost my sense of identity because um, mm. I did not choose to switch from graphic uh, from architecture to graphic design. It was a forced um, uh, by the universe, right? So when I was in architecture school in Valencia at, um, in Florida, I did I graduated from there and then I uh, the closest school to me that had architecture was two hours away, USF. And um, my husband was like, okay, um, apply to that school and we will figure out the commute. And I was like, okay, great. So this shows you how supportive he's been. And we had put off starting a family until I graduated from university because it would have been very difficult for me being in the architecture field. Like, you know, all the studio late nights. Right. It would have been hard to have family, like have a child on top of that. So um, yeah. at that point, we were married for about two and a half years. And I um, submitted my application to graphic design to USF. And just to make a long story short, I did not get accepted into that program. And that was the only opportunity that I had. And um, the application process is once a year. And I had already finished all alternative classes, all of my, my requirements. There was nothing for me left for me to take. So to wait a whole another year to apply again was a waste of time, you know. So um, I had to finally let it go. I had to let it go. And I lost who I was. I was this person that was going to be an architect for the longest time. At that point, it's been five years since I've been studying architecture. And I've been working really hard to move forward. And I've been chipping at that wall, you know. And um, and all I've done was, like, move just, like, a small little bit. And then all of a sudden, that opportunity was taken away from me, right? Um so I kind of, I lost my, the, my sense of identity and then I had my child and my oldest son and, um, it was my decision, you know, I, we did it as a family, but like, it was my decision because, you know, my husband was doing anything and everything to make me happy. Right. So we had my child. So I had, was just went through losing my identity and then I all of a sudden became a mom, a full on mom. And all of a sudden, my life was about my child. And then that put me into postpartum depression. And the hardest thing about being in depression is not knowing that you're in depression. And what is really bad about being in depression, not knowing that you're in depression, is that it affects your relationships and it affects the people around you. And if they're not educated enough to know that you are hurting... Um, and you're making bad decisions based off of that pain, it really destroys, you know, the relationships that you have, right? So going through that and then having my husband support me through that and, and having our relationship take a really big hit because of that, <clears throat> you know, and then it, it took me about a year, a year and a half to get out of it. And that, how did I recognize that I was in depression? Because at that point, I was ready to give everything up. 
I no longer wanted to be a mom and a wife. I wanted to just pursue a career. I felt like what was stopping me was the fact that I had a family. And this is what I'm talking about when I say that I did not see my personal accomplishments as accomplishments. To me, they were secondary. And for somebody, you know, for somebody who's been only focused on career, 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 that's not good. You know, like life is not just about work. Life is not about just like your passion. Life needs to be well-rounded. And taking, you know, my family for granted, obviously I was not in a, in a healthy men mental state, but taking my family for granted for that time, um, when I got out of depression, um, it, like, I realized, like, oh my god, you know, when I, when I was in a, in a healthier mental state, when I was looking at my family, I'm like, oh my god, they're, they're my biggest accomplishment. They're the best people that I have in my life. They are the reason for me doing anything else, right? Um, that's how I recognized that I was in depression because I looked back and I was like, oh my God, how was I thinking that way? And then I realized that I'm in a healthier mental state now and back then I wasn't. And, you know, now we're talking, it's been about, my kid's gonna turn eight soon. <laughs> so it's been about eight years. And my husband has gone through thick and thin with me, so he has been my greatest supporter. You know, when when I go to work, when I go to conferences, he takes care of the kids for me. You know, he he's just a wonderful person, even though he's super accomplished himself. But and we come from a very traditional culture. He's just different. He wants me to be happy and. In order for me to be happy, like, I need to, like, be creative and be surrounded by creative people and, you know, just, I don't know, do the things that I like to do. So he understands that, like, okay, Hiba needs her, you know, one, two hours um, away from the kids so she can be creative. So he'll take care of the kids or take them out or do something, you know. So he has been my biggest supporter and basically, in a nutshell. <laughs> That's the story. That's awesome. What's his name? His name is Abdo. Just the first? Yeah. Ab A B D O or A B. I call him A B. Abzo? Yeah. Or A B. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Abzo. Shout out to Abzo. <laughs> Alright, so that is that is amazing. That is um I I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate to that because you know you're just sometimes you're just you see the goal and you're just doing your best to try to get to this goal and it's like anything you feel like anything is slowing you down you're just like I want to take I want to shed it off I want to rip it off because I need to get to this goal and sometimes it seems like your 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 family is that thing that's either holding you back but honestly as you know now it's actually probably the one of the most drive greatest driving forces out there yeah absolutely you know so yeah my kids are amazing too like um, my oldest uh my oldest is very creative he wants to get into the gaming industry and um um it's it's fun because once i found graphic design and kind of got out of my funk i started uh, incorporating him in a lot of my projects and now like he loves to draw he loves to like create things and um you know uh, i just like to encourage him to you know work on his logo so he has a little brand called aiden versus world and um 
you know, yeah, like I'm starting. Yeah, that is epic. Yeah, I'm starting young with him, so, oh, so he he's like you know learning. Like he's 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 drawn different variations of his logo. The first time he filled out a whole um, uh, A1 page, which is an eight by eleven page, and and then I was like, okay, mommy, how can we simplify that a little bit? And then the next version was just like the one item, and then the next version was. Yeah, it was just cute. You know, he's done multiple versions. It's the same way, you know, it's the same process as when you're designing any logo. And it was interesting to kind of um, explain to him what a logo was. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Talk about starting young. That's what's well, up. you know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that is great, though, when you can, you know, share whatever you're doing with your family especially the kids they make it seem like so much more awesome i know it's awesome but they they put an extra awesome on it when oh my god i uh, used to um record his like cute sayings um like as he was growing up and i was like i'm making posters out of these you know like a lot of times he'd be like mom you broke my feelings and my heart and i was like aw you're so cute and then why are you not listening to my words? Like the things that they say are adorable, <laughs> you know? <sighs> so cute. Oh, that is that is so sweet. That is so sweet. Alright, so let's get let's um get a little more current right now. Like so what does the first hour of um or so of Ebba's day look like? Alright, so it depends if it's a weekend or if it's a weekday. Um but the my first hour um, recently has been I would wake up around five o'clock in the morning, and that's my creative writing time. So I sit down and I have my laptop um, in my room. I have a different laptop than my work laptop, and it, this is just for writing. And I sit down and I've been writing a lot of the things that I've been learning lately, and um, writing down the conversations that I've been having. Um, recently uh, about you know getting into the field internships what's the difference between uh, a candidate who is applying for an internship versus a candidate who is applying for a junior position um, things that are going to help uh, up-and-coming designers that's been my focus lately um, so that's what I've been trying to do because I feel like in order for me to break into um, building authority in the design world I need to write more so lately that's that's been my mm. first hour um before that literally was waking up getting ready for work but you know, it takes an hour <laughs> to do that but um I don't have time in the day um you know I commute 45 minutes to work uh going and coming uh I come home and I have to um make food for the kids and then afterwards I have to help them with homework and then put them to bed and then we're exhausted so we go to bed early so uh, when I s blocked out my time, I figured out if I'm going to make time for me to write more, I need to wake up an hour earlier, and that was 5 o'clock for me. That's cool, because um, I kind of do the same thing, yeah. too. It's good, because no one needs you at that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as the kids <laughs> wake up, mom this, mom that. <laughs> especially for a mom yeah you you need that because otherwise once they're up your day is shot <laughs> absolutely yeah the weekends is our, our family time 
weekends is movie night. Weekends is you know going out to the park.、Um, and I I don't know if it's if it's a generation thing, but at least my kids like they understand. You know during the week, you know it's it's all about you know going through the motions of the week. And then our time is weekend time. You know Friday night and then Saturday and Sunday. This is our time to kind of spend time together.、Okay. Uh, we play a lot of video games here.、Um, God of War just came out, so we'll be hitting that this weekend.、Um, <laughs> yeah, so、um, we played it.、That's、we like、cool. to play together. So one plays and we all watch, and then you know,、um, it's super fun. He's eight years old now, so he、um, he he knows he's been knowing how to play forever. Minecraft was his biggest game for sure.、Um, I forget what's the other game that's similar to Minecraft, but it's like also a shooting game. They drop you off on an island. It's kind of like Hunger Games. I forget the name of the game, but that's another one he's been into now. And then, yeah, we're playing God of War today. Wow, that sounds like so much fun. I'm probably gonna have to start that. That um, playing video games. That'll get my opportunity to get some video gaming in because I don't. Uh-huh. Uh, we were actually. It's crazy.、Um, my roommate. Uh, we were actually—he brought a game console, like the old school Nintendo sixty-four, and we were playing、What? Mario Kart. I'm—I'm I'm not sure. You did you did you see over there by Logo Wave?、Um, they had like a gaming thing set up. That was who my roommate was—the dude that runs Logo Wave at Creative South. Oh, that's、um, uh, Kyle. I did see that. I just didn't know. Yeah, they had that set up.、Yeah. I participated in Logo Wave. I lost, but whatever. You know, I did it for fun. I haven't done a logo in forever. I just was. It was just for the experience. It was so much fun. Um, and um, I, I sat next to Brian, and literally, it's, we're supposed to be competing, but we're sitting there like, "Hey, you need to do this to your. You know, why don't you do that? <laughs> Have you thought of doing this? It was so cool. It was like it was like a critique session. It was so much fun. I loved it. Um. But I didn't see the gaming console. That would have been fun. I think it, you know what they need to start like a little corner of video gaming competition. <laughs> what? Yeah, we could. That、um, would be so much we fun. We could. We could. We could pitch that in the Slack channel. To,、um... Right. <laughs> For sure. Oh my god, that'd be so much fun. Oh, that is amazing. So, what is that one thing, that one item, one gear that you cannot live without? Ah man, hmm, it's a great question. Can it be technology? Sure. <laughs> I live by my phone. I know this is a cliche. Who d- answer, who doesn't? I, yeah, <laughs> it is definitely definitely my phone for sure. If、um, I'm with my kids, it is a lifesaver for traveling. It's a lifesaver. It's yeah, it's my lifeline. Um, yesterday, I、uh, I forgot my phone. We went out for ice cream. I forgot my phone. I felt like a, a limb was missing the whole time. It's really bad, actually. <laughs> This is not healthy. But yeah, absolutely.、Um, my phone. As for like creativity, I love love love、um, my pen set. I have colorful pens.、Um, I like to write by hand.、Um, I like writing more by hand than typing because I comprehend better when I write by hand. If I'm typing, I'm literally my left side of the brain is not working. 
Like, I don't understand. When I, it's really weird. I don't know if you go through this or not, but if I'm typing, um, I have to stop and then read what I typed in order for me to understand it. But if I'm writing by hand, it's, you know, both sides of my brain are working together. Um, I think it's because I grew, grew up in the 90s, you know, early 2000s. And, you know, being in Jordan, we weren't doing stuff on the computer yet. We were just writing notes um, by hand. Yeah, so my colorful pens because, you know, I like to take notes, um, you know, colorful notes that each color represents something, it's a title, paragraph, I don't know, important <laughs> idea. Yeah, so um, it's funny because at work I have a notebook that's just like for meetings and um, it's just for me to take notes so that I can refer back to and like I, I build to-do lists in. Everybody looks at my notebook and they're like, oh my God, your notebook looks so pretty. <laughs> I'm like, really? This looks like a loaded mess to me. And uh, yeah, it's just all those years writing, you know. That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. So what's in the horizon for HEPA? Absolutely. So um, the project that I'm working on is called HIBA TV. And the purpose, the goal, the reasoning behind this is because I love educating and mentoring design um, individuals, um, students, you know, up and coming designers, somebody who's switching careers. Like, how do you get into this industry? It's so important for me to create a resource for them, like an accessible resource for them um, to, you know, that can help them get accomplish those things um because i've gone through my journey where i was in the you know in school for the longest time ever i kind of fit you know i was in school but i was like really into school because i've spent the four years not caring and then the last like i don't know chunk you know being surrounded by people that don't care but i really care and it was just more about me like i need to get my job as soon as i get out of school so i kind of hacked it and i wanted to kind of um spread that message around to other people who want to get into the industry so um right now i've been you know mentoring students i've been mentoring um, a few individuals who are switching careers and um, giving them tools and tips on how to get into the industry, whether it's building their portfolio or um, in a, um, making their resume stand out. How do you um, stand out in social media? How do you build a, an online brand that will help you attract opportunities? And um, how do you build a content portfolio, resume, you know, online presence that would target the, the dream life that you want to um, have. So that's my recent project. That's um, what I've been working on recently. But obviously the by design project, which is how does culture influence um, the way people problem solve is always in, in my mind. Um, it's just on hold for right now. But um, if you guys want to go check it out, then go to hippobydesign.com. Um, you will find season one there and learn more about that project. Yeah. Wow, that sounds um, awesome. Um, <clears throat> I, I like that idea to be able to create, like, you know, some kind of hacks for people to get into that specific industry or that specific path that they're trying to get into. Yeah. 
Well, a lot of students um, always hear others, you know, professors like, go find a mentor, go find a mentor, you know, you need to find a mentor, um, go, um, you know, participate in the community, be active in the community, um, network, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, why can't designers reach out to students and be available to them instead of, I'm not saying that students shouldn't reach out to um, designers and ask for mentorship, but I'm also saying, like, how can we be more available to them? So I've made myself available um, to whoever needs help. You, you guys can reach me at any of my social medias. I'm always, always um, trying to figure out ways to help people get their next opportunity. I'd be happy to look at your portfolio, your resume. Um, you know, I'm... Um, a part of the hiring process at my company um, the whole team is actually so we kind of you know figured out what we're looking for we also I've been speaking to multiple other designers who also participate in the hiring process so we've been exchanging notes and we're we're gonna try and put together you know tips and tricks on what you know what do hiring managers look for what do agencies look for when they're looking for a candidate what do in-house positions look for? So um, that's basically my goal. My goal is how, how do we make it easy for the um, up-and-coming designers who don't have two to three year experience, and that's the requirement for a year, right. is to have two to three years experience. Well, you're just coming out of school, and it, let's just say you didn't have an opportunity to, to do an internship. What are you going to do? What are the things that you can do that won't, like, that, you know, right now it, it seems like they're blocking your way, but what are the things that you can do on your own that will help move you forward to get your next opportunity or your foot in the door? So that's basically what Hibbit TV is going to be about. That's amazing. So what, as we get ready to close, what advice would you have for creatives out there? My advice is if you haven't found your passion, the most common tip or the most common um, advice that I've heard from other designers is you need to dabble in the different creative fields. It's all about trial and error for in order for you to find your passion. And if you found your passion, then focus on that passion and make sure that everything that you do is um, you know, about that passion. So you need to figure out why you're so passionate about um, that field or you know the art style or whatever it is and then always think about that when you're moving forward in projects or when you're you know taking another step in in your career so that's my biggest advice amazing how can people i know you've mentioned so mention it again how can people go to find have and learn what you're doing yeah, so I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram um, at Hibba TV, um, also at Hibba by Design. You can find me on Dribble at Hibba. Amazing! This was, oh, this was great. This was so. Thank great. you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice. It was really nice to get to know you too. I still, we still need to chit chat and talk, like for real though. Yes, for sure. We have um, a little bit, uh, a lot in common. More than I did. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I love that. That you know, you're gonna have to be one of my guests on the By Design Show because it's all about the fact that we're so different, but in reality, we are so we have so much in common, right? Yeah. That is a fact. 
But for now, I'm gonna let you go. But Heba, thanks so much. This it's been awesome hearing your story. Very inspiring and moving at the same time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a blessed day. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Go to passionbeyondart.com to learn more about what's going on and to be a part of the Facebook group, the giveaways, and much more, especially the in-depth shows that's coming up. Those will be exclusive shows. They'll be very in-depth to a particular subject matter. All right, so go to passionbeyondart.com. Be blessed.